Naked Vibe Show. Are you ready to get naked? I'm Kimberly Kane, and you're listening to The Naked Vibe Show, where you'll hear conversations with artists, musicians, healers, lovemakers, world shakers of all kinds, and get some great ideas for tuning your own creativity and intuition so that you can use them in very practical ways to live a life of excellence and joy and purpose. Today's show is sponsored by Rocket University, where you'll find rhythmic movement meditations that can create subtle yet powerful shifts in your energy. This is an audio download of nine meditations using drum rhythms that take you on a journey from a slow, deep groove that creates a peaceful strength, reducing stress and connecting you to your powerful primal senses, to a high energy rhythm that gets your juices flowing so you can use that strength to experience greater vitality, courage, drive, and passion in every area of your life. You'll find a link for these rhythmic movement meditations in the show notes on nakedvibes.com. This episode of the Naked Vibe Show is from Naked Vibes TV. I visited with painter and mixed media artist Gloria Newton in her studio in Nashville. If you've had a chance to listen to episode 12 of the Naked Vibe Show, then you'll hear that this is kind of a part two to that. The reason being, episode 12 is a conversation with Grammy-winning songwriter Wood Newton, and we had that conversation in his wife Gloria's art studio. It was also the date of their 42nd anniversary. So it was a really special time and it only made sense to have a conversation on camera with Gloria as well because she is an accomplished artist. Her work is absolutely amazing and I think you're really going to enjoy hearing about her creative process. This podcast is a little bit different because this is a visual artist and we are talking about the visuals that are there. Go to NakedVibes.com to see the video. I know that you're going to love seeing her work. Are you ready to get naked? I'm Kimberly Kane and this is Naked Vibes TV. I'm here talking with Gloria Newton and the first thing I'm wondering is, do you have any paintings of naked people? <laughs> Do one right now. <laughs> oh my gosh! Everybody naked. That's right. Everybody get naked. This is the second part of an interview that about creative expression with the Newtons. I started with Wood Newton, who's a songwriter here in Nashville where I'm visiting, and I thought we're in his wife Gloria's beautiful studio, and I thought it would be crazy not to spend some time with her letting you see her studio and her creative process. So thank you so thank much for letting us be here. It's a pleasure to show. You know, you always want to... On the show. Absolutely. And with this kind of work, uh, it, it hasn't been out there quite enough on YouTube, so I want everybody to see it. So let's talk about your creative inspiration and the the source of that and your process and, and who knows where we'll end up. Tell me a little bit about how you how you got started with your work. Actually, um Probably 25 years ago, my neighbor was a painter and gardener, and she had a workshop. Uh, and I had not painted before and thought that I might feel comfortable enough to to do that. And 
it turned out to be a, a wonderful experience. And from there, I went to um, Watkins and met and studied with a lot of wonderful giving artists and private study with um, a couple more. So it's just kept evolving. It's just been an evolving a process. Of years. Mm-hmm. And I remember when you started, Gloria is my aunt. And um, so I've been able to see her process loosely from the very beginning. And she mentioned earlier when we were talking that she kind of got started late in the game. And the reason that that's really important, and then I want to talk about that, is that Julia Cameron, uh, who wrote The Artist's Way, is kind of like an artist's okay. creative Bible, if you I will. I have that book, actually. We all, we all should have it. it <laughs> it's, it's amazing. And she talks about listening to people say things like, well, you know, I can't get started playing the piano because I'm already this age. And by the time I, you know, I'm able to do anything, I'll be that age. And what she says is she started playing the piano late in the game, so to speak. And she realized, gee, if I start playing when I'm 50 and by the time I'm any good, I'll be 60. She said, well, I'll still be 60, but I won't be playing the piano. So why not start? And it's never too late. And what what would you say? Tell me about how you feel that that changed your life by starting this painting process. Well, there's so many things. You know, it's um, self-expression is can be a healing, and just the unknown, I think, is what keeps me going. Really. Of what the day is going to bring, and that's why, as we look around, you'll see several different textures and and uh, sizes. I started in watercolor, and now I'm into acrylic and wire and all all different uh, mediums. You know what is amazing about what you just said is that so many people, and most people, I'm going to say, fear the unknown. That's our greatest fear: is what is over there. And what I love about what you do is you even just talked about that you're inspired by the unknown. What is the day going to bring? And I think, um, you know, I, w- I was actually one of those and, and couldn't probably, you know, you hear you can't draw a stick figure or a straight line and you don't have to. <laughs> but the one behind me, I mean, is an example of, of that, you know. So um, I say start and um I don't know of anything better than expressing and being creative. Right. It well it it opens up your life to these new channels and new pathways and it things does. that you didn't know that you had inside of you. But even more talk about where it's coming from. When you're in the painting process, where are the ideas coming from? I'm not sure you know that. I just began with without an idea and just from hopefully an emotional you know standpoint and and that will eventually translate and communicate and connect with with the viewer with just the right person do you ever feel do you ever feel like when you're painting that you're painting for somebody no (laughs) Are you painting for yourself? Are, are any of those thoughts even there? I don't think they're even there. Just how to make a painting work. So you, you enjoy the technical aspects of 
of making something work. I think you have to. You have to consider consider all that and, and have a. If you have a strong foundation, I think anything you put on is going to work. That's a that's a great point. That's a great point. I, I really want to say about that, whatever you put on there is going to work. That is about trust and faith. It really is in, in yourself and in the whole creative process that when you think so much about it, that it has to be a certain way, that can be a real barrier. It is. I think it's just being grounded in the fundamentals and mm-hmm. hear that over and over again. And then you can, uh, it does free you mm-hmm. to know that whatever hole you did for yourself, you can hopefully, hopefully pull out. Do, do you ever, does that, when you talk about freeing yourself, do you feel like the process itself gives you a certain type of freedom? It does because I, well, that some pieces have a subject matter, but generally I work towards, you know, abstraction towards non-objective, I, I would say. Mm-hmm. So even though some things look like landscapes and I do have several figurative things, but um, but for the most part, I just try to watch what I'm putting down and let it reveal itself. And, and I, it does, doesn't it? it does. I mean, when you start the putting something step. down, yeah, it does. And you kind of know, don't you, does it tell you when it's finished? I'm not sure anything's ever finished. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, where you cannot continue and make, make changes, but yes, it does reach a point where where you, you don't feel think, satisfied? Where you feel satisfied and you don't think anything else that you do is going to enhance or mm-hmm. maybe just destroy. I don't know. If there is destruction, I don't know if there is because it only leads to the next next thing and you can just keep going. That's something um, that I am fascinated about what you do. And when I was talking with Wood earlier, we talked about the creative process and how destruction is part of the creative process. What's interesting is, is one of our greatest fears is besides the greatest fear of public speaking from what I've heard that (laughs) obviously one of the greatest fears is the fear of death. And the thing about it is, it's going to happen. So if we remove that fear and we can embrace the unknown, I think there's so many other things that we can be enjoying uh, as freedoms if we just relish the time that we're here because it's part of the creative process. The destructive process is part of the creative process. And Gloria, of all people I know, I'll tell you a little story about that here in a minute, but she is amazing at embracing the destructive part of the creative process. Can you talk about that a little bit? The destructive process. Yes, I mean you you well, I don't know look at some things, but chisel in that way really, but I do. I mean maybe that is. And this um these pieces before me I kept building through the years and you know, it, it, there's a lot of drying time in between. So there's layers and layers and layers of color. And it started because I just had one color in me, maybe for that day. And several pieces that were around, I would just put all of them would get, for instance, blue. And then the next day, yellow. The next day, red. Whatever my feeling was. And I had no idea where I was going. 
with this kind of <laughs> texture. But now, and I did, I chiseled, I mean, I, yeah, I chiseled all of these off. And now I'm taking the uh, grinder and trying to, I guess it is kind of destructive. You know, a defined shape, I think, is what I'm looking for. For some reason, I just didn't think it was enough for me, so... Well, you know what? All of these, I've got probably 50 or more there. So 50 or more. And I mean, it's just, you're so prolific. Well, thank you. And, you know, Wood was talking about, he said, he said, and she breaks my heart because she paints this beautiful <laughs> thing and then she starts destroying it. And the, the thing is, I, I see the same thing. So often I will look at something and think, oh, it's so great though. I don't want to paint over that or I don't want to change that song or I don't want to, it's just great like it is. But you know it's not finished. You don't know what to do next. Right. And I think that you are so bold in your mm -hmm. ability to just, I'm taking a hammer to that thing. But thank you. But I um, just put things aside. I, that is one thing I hate to, I think, make that final decision of completion. <laughs> so <laughs> that's why I have so many different directions. But um, Well, it pays off. I, thank it, you. I just felt like I needed, I get, maybe because I came to it late, that I really needed the painting experience and see where it leads me. What makes you think of using a, taking a chisel to your painting in the first place? I mean, what, maybe because I'm married to a tool man. <laughs> He's our cameraman today, by the way. If I can find them, I think I'm going to destroy that, but that is just around in a sander. I will use that sometimes because I use a lot of spackling and, and you're and just molding looking for, and um, different media gels. Do you, do you ever look at it as a landscape? I do. I think anytime the way you divide, you know, the rectangle automatically suggests that. It's just, there's so much as an instinct, I guess, to do that. And maybe the figures, cause we are figures. <laughs> do you, naturally. do you feel like you're ever painting yourself? I did initially when, uh, I started, um, uh, drawing class, we did a fi had a figure class mm -hmm. again, or, but then I went the other direction, like total abstraction. So I don't, I try not to consider any of those things. Would you ever consider that you're in sort of a Zen state, sort of like a, a different Maybe. space um, of non-thinking? I think so. I do. For most artists, they you have to be mm -hmm. in that. Uh, that state. Is it like a meditation? Sometimes. Do you and ever? Sometimes it is. <laughs> it is not. It is a, it is a hard, you know, it is a hard, um, hard, hard process. But, but you keep at it. But it's, yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I did before and I don't know what I would do if I didn't do this. I was going to say, when it's hard, a, what compels you to keep going? Just that. And as I said earlier, is, um, it's not knowing and, and the excitement of, of when you do complete something or something totally unexpected mm -hmm. happens and, and you see a, another direction and I don't know, just ideas keep coming that you want to try. That is exciting. One of the things that I don't know much about at all, I know about impressionism and expressionism and the different uh, places in history and the different types of artists where these eras, I guess, were prominent, but you've really studied a lot about that. Uh, tell me a little bit about who you're most drawn to, the work that you were drawn to, what kind of uh, called out to you, I guess. Well, abstract expressionists, I guess, would be the most 
Do I you have know? several books, and um, the first book I ever bought was Helen Frankenthaler. Did that inspire you to, to try it new did, things? It did. Is at the time I was into watercolor, and her work was very uh, fluid, mm-hmm. and I was attracted to that. And then, of course, Black Line. I don't know where that came from. Paul Clay, uh, Pollock, you know, a number of Gorky, <laughs> and the, number of people. The things that they were doing. Did that spark you to say, oh, I want to try that? I think so. I think we're always um, inspired by things that we see that even we're unaware of how it is inspiring. It, it goes in. And yes. so, <laughs> it does. Uh, it goes in. And just, somehow it, it uh, comes out in, in different ways. Mm-hmm. So It does. I mean, I, I think that that's like that collective consciousness where it's sitting there and it goes into you in a way that comes out in this way, goes into me in a different way that comes out in this other way. And it's just kind of a fluid thing, isn't it? And years later, I think, you know, it's a total, a total life. Don't you think? A total life. When we start, um, start this. So all of our experiences are Mm -hmm. valuable. It is a, it is a total life. It's, it's, it's a very more fluid, I think, than we think that it is right. and more connected than we realize. Right. Would you then call yourself an abstract expressionist? Well, I hate to define myself, but probably, you know, if like you I, had like to, it's more abstract towards non-objective. So it's from an emotional start. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's uh, what they uh, were about. Do you have to, because I understand that, I I do not like labels. <laughs> and I find that we have to use them in order to communicate. But I really, we are all so much richer and more complex right. than a, a label. And boy, we live in a world that likes to get the labels on us, don't yeah. we? So I guess I just, you know, try to express myself emotionally from that, that uh, source. So. I think that's a, I think that's a great way to look at it. And when you do a show, do you have to, to say, I'm an abstract expressionist or you, don't. you can, you, I'm just, I'm Gloria Newton and I'm here with my work. <laughs> this is what I have. Okay. So you you've been in several jury shows. I have. What were your favorite ones? What was the, well, the best experience? Actually, they were all, you know, favorite. You're always proud to be accepted in that way. But, uh, I guess the red clay survey at the Huntsville uh, Museum oh, and I hung at the Parthenon and Lou Gallery. And another was the Prior Gallery, a solo show at Columbia State. And we have a college. So. A little bit of footage of that show oh, that we can good. show people. It was a beautiful, beautiful space. That was a beautiful show. And, Thank you. and one of the coolest things is that Gloria has these two sided works and they require a large space so that you can walk around them. Tell me, we'll look at that, but tell me a little bit about when did you start that? When I started painting on a wood panel, both sides were so beautiful and I couldn't just not use them. So it sounded like an easy thing that you could suspend them from the ceiling or on the bases. But so um, it's just in versatile. You could do, use them three or four different ways. And do you know, you have, you have sold some of those, right? Yeah. And where do people, do they have large spaces to put them in? Well, he had a high, uh, high ceiling and I suspended it from the ceiling mm-hmm. on a, um, 
was it a ball? Bearing. A mm-hmm. bearing, and it would turn. So when the wind hits it, it, it rotates, and that it looks oh, beautiful that how way. nice. And wood has made a lot of your frames. It has, right? and I think they're a work of art in themselves. They they're are. Really. Let's look at, at a couple of okay. them. Okay. Okay, so this is one of your two-sided paintings. Right. And it is it is fabulously gorgeous. <laughs> I want to take it home. <laughs> How? What is this painted on? First of all, it's wood panel. The whole thing is the a wood panel. panel. Okay. okay. And and wood made the frame for it. Right. Yes. So okay. it can be hung on the wall. We left enough overlap if you didn't want to see two sides at the same time. So. So you could switch. You, you the person it, get to do it one can, day, one way, one day, and right. the next month maybe they want to do it differently. That's right. As or, a wall hanging, or you can hang it, as I said. And we have base, different types of bases depending on the on the painting that supports it as a sculpture. Okay, as a sculpture. So, right. it, so it doesn't right. just have to be hung. There's a lot of different ways to use right. both sides. Let's can we can we flip it and look at the other we could side? Try. Okay, I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm going to walk this way and you walk that right. way. <laughs> on this one, I tried to have less active on one side and then active on the other. So okay. if oh, the colors are amazing. Thank you, Kim. I think that is specifically one of the things that you really have an eye for is color and the blending of colors. Thank you. I worked in uh, photography labs for several years. On a, a professional level, so I, I love color. That's just one of your one of the things that draws you in, isn't right. it? It is really beautiful. And is this oil or is this acrylic? It's acrylic. I've never worked in oil. Okay, uh, but it's got you have so much water. Uh, depth. That's one of the things that's interesting because I I have dabbled. Okay, I do I, I do watercolor painting, not to this level, but I enjoy it. I enjoy playing around with it. And what I found when I saw some of Gloria's work and I thought, boy, I've always wanted to work in oils because I love the depth and, and the chunkiness of some things. It's a beautiful medium. But I can't do it, you know, as a singer and speaker, those chemicals. And so I thought I'd try the acrylic like you do. Right. Guess what? My hand does not want to go that way. So I really think that we each have different mediums that work well for us. Do you feel that way about certain choices of? of I do. I like I like the water based mediums, as I said, watercolor or acrylic. The oil, I'm a little sensitive as well. Mm-hmm. And the, but the thing that I noticed though is that your work, a lot of it looks like oil because you're able to get this depth. I want to, I want to look at some of those, some of those. Okay. okay. I actually use a lot of the gel mediums, as I said earlier, glazing liquids and different gels. This probably has a molding paste and, and gels and another one that I just kept layering and I've tried to incorporate, um, the shapes, more shapes, and that's my goal for some of the others. Now, is this one that you put a lot of layers and then you chiseled out? I don't believe I chiseled on this one. Okay. I just drew into it, and but I did glue copper, copper <laughs> yes. strips on there to try to bring them incredible a little light. More and light what about um, what about these right here? What? Tell me a little bit about these, well, the panel. And- yeah, this is the texture, and then I glued it on another wood panel and added a key. I thought maybe that would be, <laughs> maybe that would be 
would be the starting point and this one as well. And I yes. do think these two I am going to stop on, you know. And That's amazing. Oh, I love the key. And that one, I think, says front door. So that I did that one first, and that gave me the... Um, the idea, <laughs> and I have a jar of keys. So that's so great. Different things around the studio find their way into. I'll say, and but these I did ch- chisel um, here, and I think that we saw that earlier. It yeah. looks like Moroccan, I think, glass beads. Yes. So um, anyway, and, and so I've got work to do there. What about what about this piece right here? Tell me about the wire. I just, you know, again, I love line, and I start, I had this in my studio, and I just felt like this needed uh, more sparkle in life, and I had done a piece with a thousand linear feet of uh, aluminum wire for my show in Columbia, and an orthodontist bought it, so I thought, okay, <laughs> another one. <laughs> That's perfect. Wire lover, so I thought I'd just do more. Hey, this could be an endorsement for uh, orthodontists and dentists, wire lovers. Do you have plenty of these for sale? I do. I do. A little sales pitch while we're at it, right? Right, right. Tell me about this one. Is uh, because I see a figure there. Was this I, one intentionally as a figure? It just no, because as you can see in the back, it had a lot of this texture, and then I had sharpies around, so <laughs> they said permanent, and I decided to start drawing with the sharp, and I just kept going with it, and uh, then covered up some some of it, and the figure. I don't exactly know what I saw first. I guess I just did see a figure. And so. the figure just kind of emerged, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think you would know better than I do. Was it was it Michelangelo who was talking about uh, carving David, who talked about that it, it for some seeing just a, a slab of marble, but that he saw David emerging? That's right. That's right. I think you do, and wood especially, and some of the drawings that I did, that is exactly what happened. I just saw figure in the grain of the wood. And it, it's was. talking about that collective consciousness a little bit. It makes me wonder, too, if there are things that, that just like we're born, that want to be born, and they need to come into the hands of the right mother, so to speak, <laughs> to birth them. To bring them into the world, uh, because all these—I guess so—I do have a variety of things. I evidently I'm attracted to uh, a texture and line, and I think we do have a nature of things that we're attracted to so. that kind of come up, come, come up. up out of you. Show me—you um, have these these little windows over here. Can we pull out some of those? Oh, sure. And this one's these sort of happened by. By accident, I guess I had trying to scrape off some of the texture and punched a hole in it, so I ripped it open. And then this is another painting that I put inside. So I just kept going. I did eight of those, and then, <laughs> then I incredible. Uh, this is a watercolor, you know, behind there. Oh my god! And there's my key over there. So you got to have a starting point. I don't know what it is with keys, but. They open doors. They open doors. They open doors and open windows and portals and <laughs> magic. This is amazing. Thank you. Is this leather? What it looks this? like leather, but no, it's canvas. It's a good quality it's a canvas. Thick. And then this is watercolor mounted uh, inside. 
truly amazing and beautiful. Wow. And I have one more left if you want this a small with wire on it. So oh. I think it looks like a figure, don't you? Yes, <laughs> definitely. So I don't know. You mentioned, uh, you know, I say not objective, and then I have um, subject and all uh, some of my things. I'll say I think this looks like uh, inside the inside the body. Really? Yeah. Just pulling open and looking inside. Wow. Tell me about this process. These I started with acrylic inks and um, drew on, and then just started turning turning the piece and letting it run. Oh. And then I went back and painted the little squares, painted the colors. Really? And so do you do you sort of paint like stained glass? They do very much look like stained glass. And, and do you paint flat on this table? I did most everything, it, regardless of the size. I start here. Because the table flat, is flat. That's how I learned, I guess, to paint. I mean, some things are so big you have to put them on the floor mm-hmm. or the easel, but I do prefer to, to paint uh, Flat. Start flat. The table itself is a painting. <laughs> so then when you let it run, do you lift it up and I let do, it run? And just and turn and just literally just turn. Just turn it around. Let it keep going. Yeah. Oh, what's like that? <laughs> and it was acrylic ink. Uh-huh. Really beautiful. So really fluid. Kind of, I go back and forth. Watercolor, you know, you see all the heavy texture, but I really love the, the fluid oh, yeah. look as well. I mean, Absolutely. although this is pretty busy and textural, but... Um, it was just a thought. It became something. It became something else. Yeah. This one is really beautiful. And you mentioned to me earlier that you really felt that this was kind of a spiritual piece. Right. Is that because of the way you felt painting it, or after you saw it? How did how you I think feel after it? I saw it, it just had a peaceful quality. It does to it. I don't know. I just kept it um, kept it simple on this one. Do you feel like this is a spiritual practice in a lot of ways? Maybe. You know, we I, we were all raised on that, on the, the importance of um, of religion mm-hmm. and church. So, yes, this one I'm, I especially like. Is this your church? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I think that you really love spending a lot of time down here. And Wood oh. said that he thinks that if you could just stay and paint in solitude, <laughs> that you would be perfectly happy with that, right? I think I would, and I found that out about myself, you know. And I think it requ- you need to enjoy, I guess, being a loner <laughs> or something. So yes. I uh, like to watch uh, tennis and paint. That's really, I do the mat, the uh, green slam right now. So, and my goal is to have the dog buy one of my paintings. <laughs> Did you hear that? I just thought Went of that. <laughs> buy one of Gloria Newton's paintings. I think that is great because he yeah. inspires you. And you know what I think is really interesting? It's funny how. As you're inspired by that, there may, there's there's some kind of again there's this connected web between us, and I'll just bet that your work inspires him too. I'll just bet it does. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> this has been so much fun to be down Thank here. I just you. it's my pleasure to be able to sit in this space, and I'd like to just pack it up on a truck and take it all and and put it around me and just live in it because it's it's. I just want to eat it, drink it in. So. Thank you. Thank you. She's my aunt, and I love her. I, love her <laughs> I want you to know what she's doing. And I guess you know I'm not a public speaker. Can you tell that? <laughs> you're exactly you're exactly who you need to be, and it's expressed so beautifully here. And 
that's really what what I want to say with this is look at all the different ways that Gloria has found to express herself. And that's what this show is about, is inspiring you to be exactly who you are in the highest, most excellent expression that you can put forth because it blesses all of us and you find such a great sense of freedom in your life. And that's that's there for each and every one of us. If you've enjoyed this, there's more to come. Just stick around and sign up for the newsletter so you can know when there will be more interviews with creative people, with mavericks, with fire starters, and people who will inspire you to do what you do at your highest, most excellent level. See you next time. This show is sponsored by Rocket You and Kimberly's Rhythmic Movement Meditations. You'll find a link in the show notes on NakedVibes.com for those rhythmic movement meditations so that you can learn how to better shift your energy so that you can transition from fear into more courage so that you can solve problems, have better relationships, and move into more creative, energetic, productive living. Also, be sure to get your free download of the Instant Ignition Worksheet in the show notes on NakedVibes.com. It's got some exercises and other tidbits to help you reduce stress immediately in any circumstance and create more energy and vitality. Just enter your email for the download and you'll get immediate access and you'll get exclusive access to tools for shifting your energy that I only share with my subscribers. You have the freedom to be naked and unashamed about who you truly are. Stand in the truth, love big, and you are aligned with the greatest power in the universe. I'm Kimberly Kane, and this is Naked Vibes. Naked Vibes.